Hello, good people. If you're tired of a world of fake news, fake personalities, and fake images, you're tuned into the right place. This is Sean Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Forget about what somebody else think about you. What do you think about you? Your past don't define you. If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text. Or you can reach us at 10MinutesOfTruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast. What's your truth? Hello, everybody. This is Sean A. Barksdale, and this is 10 Minutes of Truth. Everyone knows that uh, 10 Minutes of Truth is more of a conversation than an interview. Um, I have to <laughs> be very, very honest um, because this is a place where you can get rid of fake news and fake images and things of that nature, right? And when I started to delve into these two next guests that we have, it was phenomenal. I mean, it was a phenomenal job. So I'm going to try my best. <laughs> I'm going to try my best to describe these individuals, but they're really going to have to tell their own story. Uh, the first is a Mr. Ryan Garrett, a financial advisor that has expanded in uh, this field for a few decades now, and a father of NASCAR sensation, Colin Garrett, um, sponsor of American Dream Team, and if I do say so myself, a very savvy dresser, sir, um, at which we'll be talking about fashion as well, uh, being that I'm in the fashion business. Uh, next. Uh, this young lady, when I started to really, really look into all of the things that you have done, I was blown away. Like I said, I told you earlier, I went down a rabbit hole and like all weekend long, I was just like, wow, wow, wow. Really? Did they, did, did they really? <laughs> <You know? laughs> so this lady, Chief Webb Officer of Glern, and she is known as a guerrilla brand strategist. And I study uh, myself uh, guerrilla marketing, and it's a, an, what they would say an old concept, but it's very effective. And I understand that she is very effective in what she does. She's the author of two very great books. One is called The Boomer Cash Out, which I, I definitely will let you explain that. And a new one that's coming out is called uh, Disrupt Your Now, The Successful Entrepreneur's Guide to uh, reimagining your business and life. And we're definitely going to get into a lot of this. Please help me welcome Miss Lisa Kipps Brown. How are you guys today? Hey, we're thanks great. for having us. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. I, I, I didn't do these guys justice. I'm telling you, we're from a small <laughs> town known as Halifax County, but it's, it's, it's a great town. And when I had never met you, I had heard of you two before, but I had never met you before. And like I said, when I started researching and going over the things you've done, it is just phenomenal, the work that you guys are doing. And today, everybody out there, listen to me. When I tell you, by the end of today, you will definitely know their truth and their mission and their cause. Um, I want to first say, uh, Ryan, how you doing, bro? I'm great, brother. How are you? I'm good, man. Uh, I got to be honest, a little bit stereotypical. Uh, when I first heard you were a financial advisor, you know, I thinking, you know, pocket protector, you know, the Coke bottle glasses. <laughs> you know? So the first picture I see, man, is you and Colin on the track. I was like, oh, 
Okay, hold on, wait a minute. This this guy has the you know the dog denim jeans on and look like you had ostrich boots on, brother. <laughs> so where did you get your, your your fashion taste from first? Never been conventional. I promise really? you that. So back in the well, un- unfortunately, back in the early seventies, right? Um, everybody on the seventh grade basketball teams got white chucks. Not me. I got orange chucks on because <laughs> that was our school colors, right? That's beautiful. And so anyway, I, I, I've always been unconventional, I, I would say. But I was, um, I was a partner of a Fortune 500 um, company and, and probably, I guess, about 15 years in, in, in leadership. And I wore a suit for 33 years. Wow. And I was, I mean, I, I like to dress and it, right. was, it was fun. Right. But as soon as I retired from uh, being a partner, still a financial advisor, but as soon as I retired from being a partner, I said, you know what? I get home every night, I put my jeans and boots on. Right. I'm gonna start wearing my jeans and boots every day to the office. And so for the last three years, this is me. <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I, hey, listen, I know they may not be able to see that shot, but when I came in, the first, you know, first thing I did, I looked at the boots. I was like, "Yeah, he's on, <laughs> <laughs> he's on, he's on." And and you're not too 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 shabby yourself, Miss um, Brown over there. Well, it uh, also comes from doing this for you know right. 35 years. Absolutely. Now I'm like, okay, I, I want clients who who like that I dress this right. way, right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yep. absolutely. Um, Simply, what brings you to a, a, a web developer and designer <laughs> and a financial advisor? What brings you two together? You, you tell that one. Okay. Well, besides living in the same town, you right. know, uh, little backstory. I grew up here but lived in Florida for, for almost 20 years. Okay. Ron was actually moving here when I was moving away, so we didn't know each other. Anyway, fast forward many years. I'm back in town. And one of his assistants, one of the ladies who work with him, heard about my book, Boomer Cash Out. And she said, I didn't know you do all that stuff. And she said, you and Ryan need to get to know each other. So, you know, we had met socially and all I knew was Ryan is an investment advisor. Mm -hmm. And so we got together one day and we just started yakking. And we're like, well, we need to do something together, but we don't know what, you know. And so we kind of left it at that. We talked about doing a lot of things, but we never decided what to do. And then... Out of the blue, I guess it was about a year later, he called and said, hey, will you come and talk with me and Colin about his racing? Right. And I, you know, at the time, I was like, well, that's not really my thing, but I'll go talk. I'll talk. Right. We'll have a talk, and you know, I'll kind of right. help steer him. And I figured that would be it. But as soon as I met Colin, I just fell in love with him. And I was like, oh, my God, I really want to work with this young man. And then, of course, the more Ryan and I got to know each other, we always say we share. Well, we used to say we share a brain. Now we say we share half a brain. That's the truth. <laughs> because sometimes right. we feel like we're crazy. But we just are both very entrepreneurially minded. And we, we have different strengths. But our strengths come together in a really cool way. And we just have a great time working together. Absolutely. I've never met anybody where we think so much alike. Yeah. And I mean, really? it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of scary. It is kind of scary. <laughs> an example. I say What's if you've example? met one, you've met right. the other one. Um, but it's it's true. I mean, it really is true with Lisa. It's so many things. But, and, you know, Jill and Tom get to go to bed and she and I are texting each other <laughs> at midnight. You're like, wait a minute, I got another idea, right? Beautiful. But the, but the issue with us is if you give, all we have to do is just throw something out there. 
And then all of a sudden we're just, we just attack it. Yeah. And it's like ping pong. Oh yeah. He'll say something and that makes me think of something and it just goes back and forth and it morphs. We start here Mm. and it morphs out into this huge thing. Mm. So our ideas get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. (laughs) Um, But we just have a really good time working together. And I don't know if y'all have ever heard of the Colby test. K-O-L-B-E. Well, I'm not into personality tests at all. You know, we've all taken the Myers-Briggs, and it's like, yeah, whatever. But I was told about the Colby test, and it isn't personality. It's the way your brain works Hmm. and, like, what energizes you and what doesn't. So he and I took it independently of each other, and we were like, it gives you four score. It gives you a score in each of four categories, and nothing's wrong. It's like a range. And I think we were only, like, one point off. And, and it was crazy. You know, it's, it scores like, you know, here and here. Mm-hmm. And so we're one off this way and we're one off that yeah. way. We're off the charts, but we're off the charts together. It was together, really so. bizarre. <laughs> yeah, it's like you could have laid hours on top of each that other and it was great, almost man. the same. So I, I text him. I'm like, okay, now I get it. <laughs> you know, now I understand why we... But we could never so. work for each oh, other. Oh, no. We, we could never each work other. for each other. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. we both... I mean, oh my God, you got to have an assistant who's exactly the opposite, right? To make it work. And we are not opposite. And we, and we also have to have a spouse like Tom and Jill who are, who are grounded, you know, and they bring us back to reality and, you know, as close as they can get us. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful. Uh, I mean, I just, I want to start with racing, Mm -hmm. right? Um, Saw balls, right? Let's talk about saw balls for just a second. You know, the South Boston Speedway, you know, they've pegged it as the mecca of uh, short track uh, racing in Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we know what it is in the community. Do you remember the first race you ever went to, Ryan? Oh, yeah. Really? And, and Colin is going to die when I tell really? this story. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to die. So i got to start with this, though. Okay. So, so I, I was never into racing. Not that I didn't like it. I mean, like fast cars. I drive fast cars. My wife drives a you know faster car than I do. Right. She drives a, a Charger Hellcat, right? Okay. So seven hundred horses, right? And I, my my little CTSV out in the parking <laughs> lot, right? But um, but ra- I mean, racing it it. I don't know. I didn't understand it. I, I guess that's the easiest way. I didn't understand it. So I I'd, I'd watch this on TV. The going around, around, around. It just anyway. I didn't get it. Right? Like most things, if you don't understand it, it's hard to enjoy it. Right. So the first race I went to, Colin was begging to go, and our neighbors often took him. So the uh, the Gosneys, um, our, our neighbors out there, and, and uh, they would often take Colin, take Colin to the racetrack. Well, one time anyway, they couldn't go, and he's like, "You know, I want to go to the race." Okay, I took a book. So I thought, this is going to be so boring. Boy, I right. have something else to do, right? I mean, I'm sitting here. Anything else. <laughs> and, uh, right. Anything else. It was, and again, he's going to die here in the story, but, but, but it was the truth. I mean, right. I just, it, it, it just wasn't in my world. Right. Well, so, and so he didn't race. He'd always said, I'm going to be a race car driver. But, you know, he's almost 15 years old before he talked me into um, mm. bu- buying a little race car. And that's a whole story. Maybe we can tell it at some other time. But anyway, his mom said, you know, go, why don't you go with him and look at this car? 
Um, it was going to be $5,000 for the whole thing. I said, $5,000? I'm not spending $5,000 on racing. <laughs> Which, if you know now, <laughs> a couple million dollars right. later, right, right? Right, right? But at the time, I was like, I'm not doing that. Right. Anyway, so my appreciation for racing didn't start until he started racing. And again, mm. he's almost 15. He's only 20 now. So mm. to go from this little four-cylinder car not knowing anything... Wow you know, well, almost six years ago mm-hmm. to now racing Xfinity and, you know, all the different thing, things he's doing. But here's my point of that whole story. I love it. Mm. I love it. And I can't believe how much I love it compared to where I started, right? Mm-hmm. It's fun to watch him and, and we'll, I'm sure, get into that story even more. But my first impression of racing <laughs> is definitely not my world today. Absolutely. It is so much Absolutely. fun. Absolutely. It's a journey. It's a great journey. How about you, Lisa? Well, growing up here, you know, I could always hear the races at night because right. I grew up just right over here in Centerville. Right. But we didn't go to the race. My uncle always went because he was in the rescue squad and he loved it. But my father was blind. He could have cared less because it would have hurt his ears. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we were three girls and we kind of thought only rednecks go to the race, mm-hmm. you know. Right. And fast forward, well, I went to Virginia Tech and this guy from like D.C. said, oh, you're from South Boston? Like, yeah. And he goes, oh, my gosh, we go there all the time to race. And that was my first flicker that, ooh, maybe racing's okay, especially if if cute guys go, you know. But anyway, the first race that I went to actually was at Charlotte Motor Speedway, a cup race. And I was in the pits with hot passes. And I'm one of these people, I don't like heights and I don't like really fast speed. I felt like I couldn't breathe. The first several laps, I literally felt like I couldn't breathe. Then I got used to it and I was like, oh, this is cool. But um, after that, I sponsored a a local team here, a girl that was driving, sponsored her for a couple of years. But still, you know, I'm not a real racing aficionado, but, you know, have helped some other drivers and so forth. And so, but then when I hooked up with Colin, you know, I'm obviously a lot more interested now in the racing itself. But I have to be honest, the business side of it fascinates Mm. me. So, and that's one of the things, one of our goals is, because we think differently than people who right. have been in the sport forever, so we, we look at it differently, and that's one of our goals is to disrupt this whole thing, you know? Mm, yep. That is absolutely wonderful. I remember being around eight or nine, right? Mm-hmm. And my great-grandfather took me to South Boston Speedway. And, of course, I was, I want to go, no, I, you know, cars just going around the track. I was yeah. the exact same way. And... That smell, the fuel first when yeah. I went in, and when he said start your engine, I was like, oh, and the hair stood up. Yeah. And it was really when that pace car, and he dropped that flag, and then when they first came around, and I was like, this is it. I was, um, <laughs> I was amazed. I was hooked after that. I was hooked after that. And um, it's, it's a great sport. It's a great sport, and which just you know leads us into your son, man. Kyle's a unique individual, man. So, so to take that, so that feeling, right. it, it's true until you look out there and you see your kid out there mm. who's, you know, 14 and nine months or whatever the heck he was, right? But, I mean, <clears throat> I mean it is cool. And all those feelings and, and, and the, the, the sights, the sounds. And then I looked out there and saw my kid. Mm. And all I wanted was for the race to be over. Wow. For like two years. I mean, I thought it was cool that he was out there. I loved it. But I still... I just wanted the race to be over with, mm. right? Just 
safety, all that. I didn't know, right? I didn't understand all that stuff. All I knew is that, man, this looks crazy. And he doesn't even know what he's doing out there, right? He's never been in a car. And, and he's just going out there. Second year is the same way. We, we bought him a, a, a little, you know, a little bigger car. The, the first car just had a lot of issues. So we couldn't even tell whether he's actually a good driver or not. Second year, had a better car. So we could tell that, you know, there was something in there. But I still just wanted the races to be over with. So the excitement at the beginning, absolutely true. But then when I'm looking at Colin, I thought, man, I just want this thing to be done. Wow. Uh, for our listeners here at 10 Minutes of Truth, we, we tell the truth without a doubt. And I want to just talk about some facts about Colin. Because it's something that you said. He's not a conventional driver. He didn't come up racing go-karts and like other drivers, right? But when I started studying, because I've seen him race, but I didn't know about him. When I really started to delve into Colin, uh, his first race, 2015, correct? Mm -hmm. And he finished eighth place at the uh, South Boston track. Rookie of the year next year, right? Yep. And then, uh, and, but the thing about this people listening, he broke the qualifying record twice, yeah. Twice, it was it, it's fascinating, and uh, just his third year out racing, he wins the limited sportsman's division championship in 2017. How did that make you feel, Ryan? So the way it happened is is more of the story of how it made me feel. So obviously mm. proud. He's my kid. You know, hope hope every daddy's proud of their kid and, and what they're doing. But um, but the way he he had to do this. Um, again, stories he's going to hate, but, but this is uh, the part of his journey. Mm. Um, he didn't know how to pass somebody on the track until about midway that, that year, his championship year. Now I say, didn't know how to pass somebody, but somebody who didn't want to be passed, right? Mm. There, there's a, there's a technique, right? Where, where do you, you know, you nudge them a little bit, you move them. Uh, all the race fans are laughing at me now. Cause here I am trying to make this, this, uh, this simple, but but the, but the point is, he didn't really know how to do that. And his coach would tell everybody on the track, he said, as soon as he learns how to pass, y'all are done. Ooh, wow. <laughs> so, you know, I thought, okay, that's cool, but I don't know either, right? I don't know a lot about racing, so I don't know what this, you know, what this stuff, how he's doing this. So he literally, the, his coach, Frank Denny, his coach pulls out these matchbox cars carries these matchbox cars around and showing Colin on the, like on the floor, right? <laughs> How to pass. Now here's a kid who's he obviously has innate talent, but here's what Colin, here's what's fascinating about watching that kid is that his processing time, the time it takes for him to take information in and, and use it, right? <laughs> to, to actually do something he, he sees it, he hears it, and then he can execute. Oh, wow. So he can be told from the tower, his spotter can say, I want you to whatever it is he wants him to do. And by the, you know, that could be on the front stretch. And by the back stretch, Colin is executing. He's mm. doing it. And it might take him a couple of times, but eventually it's like, yep, got it. And so, so anyway, that's what was fascinating is once Colin learned how to pass, he was fast already. Once he learned how to pass, then let me finish the, the story that you asked me or the question you asked me. To win the championship, it was so tight. The, the points were so tight. I mean, Trey Cruz, what a great driver. And, and so he was in the mix uh, at the time too. So the points were really tight. 
So at South Boston, of course, you can get passing points if you choose to go to the back and pass people <laughs> to get additional points. So, I mean, Trey was doing the same thing and Colin was doing it. They would qualify well and then they'd choose to go to the back so that hopefully they could, you know, finish well, but also get all these passing points. Well, that's what Colin had to do is he had to, the last three races, he had to qualify well, first or second, and go all the way to the back and win to win the championship. And he did it. Last three races, that's exactly what he did. That's the kind of thing that I look at. Yes, I'm proud of my kid. Yep, it was cool that he's you know hoisting the trophy. But what he had to do to get there that's what was that's what was mind blowing to me and to watch you know to watch your own kid but any athlete execute like that that's when i knew we had something special and by the way that third year i finally i i finally that thought of i just want the race to be over was gone mm. that the first race or second race i guess i wasn't here for the first race the second race was um i realized i was watching him and i just wanted him to get up there. I just wanted him to, you know, to be in front. And I went, Hey, that feeling's gone. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> that idea of God, I just want this to be over. Wow. That was cool. That's fascinating. I mean, it, it really is. And, and I'm, I'm glad you told that story. Um, something happens though. Uh, <laughs> and this is funny right here, right? Cause as we're researching, we start to look at the team on Mr. Sam Hunt, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> So, as we're studying, trying to find out about Mr. Sam Hunt, <laughs> we come into another Sam Hunt, who's a country oh, singer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so, my constituent comes like, hey, do you know who owns it? I was like, Sam Hunt? He was like, yeah, we're going to the concert. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's hilarious. I was like, nah, that's not the same. <laughs> Although our Sam Hunt did get a lot of additional Twitter followers there for a short period of time. That's excellent. Um, Sam Hunt, he's a young man as well. He is. Like Sam is around 25. He's 27 now. 27 yeah. now. Yeah. Uh, most people would think Sam had it easy, but yeah. after researching and studying and, and finding out, uh, <laughs> they mimicked him to uh, Chris Farley. Yeah, uh, on the SNL when he uh, <laughs> used to stay in the van, right, right? when he stayed, but he he sacrificed, yep. and I'm learning, and I've learned that that's what your team is about sacrifice. Mm -hmm. uh, tell us about Mr. Sam Hunt. Yeah, so so you tell about Sam about your initial because because I already knew him. Yeah, right. But, but talk talk about how you how you felt about him. Well, um. Sam and Colin started racing together. What was it? The third, fourth season? Third yeah, season? Four, fourth season. Fourth yeah. season. And Sam had a brand new K&N series team, and they figured that they would, you know, do three races together and that would be it. But they just clicked. They were like brothers. Mm -hmm. And so they ended up racing together the rest of the season. But that was before I started working with them. So I met him that winter after Ron called me in, and I just was blown away by Sam's kindness. Mm. And he is so, so professional, such a hard worker, so kind, generous, just a great person. And I know that probably sounds 
just people probably roll in their eyes, but I'm telling you, if you ever get to meet Sam, you'll know what I mean. And the thing that I love about working with him and Colin is that the two of them have this work ethic together and they remind me of us old folks. Mm. You know, they remind me back in the day, they remind me of how it used to be. And not saying that young people are not good now. I'm not saying that at all. But like what Ryan was talking about, sacrifice, just watching these two young men working together and racing for something bigger than themselves mm. has just just made me feel so great. But Sam actually wanted to be a professional driver, mm. and he realized that he would never be able to make it, so... During high school, he wanted to be a he wanted to own a team, and he went to J.D. Gibbs, um, Coach Gibbs' son, and asked him to help him get started. And he said, "Well, you go to college, then come back and talk to me." So we went to VCU and got his degree in finance. I think he finished in three years, and he went back and he said, "I did what you told me to do. Now I want my team." And J.D. actually helped him start the team, and that was the year that Ron, I mean, that Colin started racing with him. He is just an amazing young man, though. I, I couldn't be prouder to work with these two guys than I am. Yeah, and I know uh, Sam's parents would, would absolutely say the same thing, but, you know, I feel like he's my kid. They feel like Colin's their kid. I mean, yeah. it's just, we just, that family feel is, um, I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's one of the special parts. There's a yeah, lot of special things about this team, but that's one yeah. of the, the most special things, which uh, actually right now, is really challenging because we don't have the funding mm -hmm. for Colin to be with Sam right now. I know we've jumped ahead by quite a bit, but at the moment, Sam's had to, you know, sell a lot of his rides to some other drivers right now. And so it's really tough. Yeah. In, in fact, I, I'll tell you one of the most challenging things that Colin is doing right now, Colin is the interior guy in Sam's shop right now while he's racing some other stuff. So here... You know, Colin is talk about talk about an ego hit, yeah. right? And talk about you know the, the intestinal fortitude that that you got to have to be able to go in and work on a car that you were driving last year. Mm. He's working on those cars, getting them ready for other drivers right now, waiting for our funding to to come in. I mean, that's I don't know if I could have done that. Yeah, I don't know if I could either. It really takes. Well, as you said, it takes intestinal fortitude. It just takes a special spirit. That's integrity. Yeah. That's the word for that. That's integrity. Um, I'm, they, and, uh, this, is, this is what, how it got amazing to me with these two gentlemen, being as young as they are, because if you just read about them, you would think they were older. Yeah. Right? right? Just yeah. from right. the spirit and the, like you say, the drive and the connection mm -hmm. that these guys have. Something... Miraculous and marvelous happened last year, Xfinity Series. Yeah, tell us about 2020 Daytona, man. Before Daytona, so so if if I can back up just a little bit before right. then, because the 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 story sort of starts with, um, you know, Colin did really well in in K and N. In fact, that first race, he all he was supposed to do was just finish. Mm. If he just finished the first race, then we could move on to the next size track. And he had to run that, just finished, so then he could go to the next size track. And we were only going to do three races, right? Well, you know, Colin's, Colin's Colin. He, <laughs> he, he's definitely my kid, too. He's, he qualifies. He's, he's like, I don't know, 15th or 12th or something like that out of, you know, 20 cars, let's say. Well, he's driving, and, and he's like, well, I, I can pass this guy. 
right? So he passes him. Well, I can get this guy too, right? Well, eventually, in his first race where he's just supposed to finish, he's running third. <laughs> and everybody's like, dude, do not wreck this car. <laughs> you're, you're, you're where you need to be, right? Everything's good. You just don't wreck, right? right. So anyway, he, 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 he gave up a little bit, but he finished sixth in his first race. And that was at Langley, right? Right, it was yeah, at Langley. So not his hometown track. So then we said, well, okay, well, the South Boston race was like in two weeks or something. And we were not planning on running this trip because we didn't need to. It was, it was another short track. It wasn't we're like, well, let's go. Let's go to the hometown track, right? <laughs> well, he finishes third. And then we thought, oh, man, all right. I think we got to do the rest of the season. So then we decided to do the rest of the season. Well, it was Sam wasn't ready. He was no way he was prepared. But we threw this team together. It was, it was a cast of mis misfits. But anyway, Colin ended up being 10th in the country. And, and yeah, wow. I mean, how cool was that, right? This, mm -hmm. this whole misfits thing. Well, we, we did it again the next year, uh, again, trying to, to, to formalize the team, get some more resources together. But Sam came to me about maybe at the end of that season. He says, you know, if we went Xfinity next year, I think we'd have a shot at not only having a, a, a decent showing, a good team, but that series is definitely growing and is more accommodative than what the the K and N series. K and N series was was felt like maybe it was it was waning for sure. So anyway, that's how that's how it happened was that Colin did well, and then the, the next year he was what eighth in the country, and uh, with not great equipment, the equipment we had, and that's when we decided to go Xfinity. But then we didn't know how. Yeah. And, and that's when I went to Lisa and she came up with this crazy idea. Yeah, well, and the, and the, the veteran suicide thing, really it happened by accident. It's mm. just, you know, but, but, you know, they always say there's no such thing as a coincidence. And so I came in to talk with Ron and Colin at the end of October. We started working together in November to get ready for the next season. And at the beginning of January, Racing for Heroes called me. They're based out here at Virginia International Raceway, right here in Halifax. I don't know if you knew that. Um, and they are a nonprofit that combats veteran suicide. So the only thing that I knew about them was that they do motorsports therapy and that, you know, they help people race and get them out on the track to help with PTSD. So I thought of it more as kind of an experience type thing, which is great. But not until I got, got out there did I realize that they actually provide free mental and physical health mm. services like stem cell treatments, bariat, um, hyper, hyperbaric chamber treatments, mm. things like that. I mean, it is amazing. They help people get off of opioids. They do job training and job placement. Well, they wanted me to help them develop a national awareness campaign well, I have to say, well, Ryan knows by now, I cry easily, but <laughs> I was in tears because my husband is retired Navy. And I, when I was out there, all I could think of was how tough it was when he retired. Not that he was suicidal. 26? 26 years? 26 years in the Navy, yeah. Um, but it, it is a very, very tough transition. People don't realize how hard it is. And all I could think of was all the people that we've known and the people that if they had had access to the camaraderie and the support in something like that, how much easier it would have been. So um, I really wanted to work with them. But at the time, they didn't have any paid employees. So that meant 
if I took $1 from them, it was a dollar that was coming out of treatment from, for somebody. And I was like, I can't do that. I just couldn't do it. So before I even got out of the parking lot, I call Ryan. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm kind of supposed to be helping y'all bring in money, but will you put these guys in the car for free? So, but he didn't even hesitate because Colin's two older brothers are active duty army. Mm -hmm. And they, they've always been, even before they were military, they've always been dedicated to supporting the military. So that happened kind of by accident. And that, but they, promoted Racing for Heroes on the car all year. Many of the races, the whole car was Racing for Heroes mm. because we didn't really have the sponsors. Ron, Ron was forking <laughs> yeah, Lisa, over would you help day. me raise some funds for racing? I'm down $2 million now, right? So. <laughs> I know, I'm like, oh, sorry, Ron. Um, but that's how we, in, initially it was like we were just going to put the logo on the car. This would be a cool thing, and it would have given me a way to help promote them. But so what happened is the more we got to know them and the more special we realized they are, our brains that we share kicked in and we start looking at each other and going, man, this could be something really cool. This could be awesome. This episode brought to you by Body Aqua Functional Beverages, found by NASCAR's first Black-owned, service-disabled, veteran-owned sponsor. Find out more at drinkbodyaqua.com. Thank you, bud. And this year, if you open this up, and, and just because you guys are doing extreme, which we Oh, thank you. And we wanted to do it in, yeah. in, in, in NASCAR fashion. You can definitely open that up and, and, and look at Love it. I love did. it. I, I own a company. <laughs> One of my companies is uh, Press for Time Tees. Uh-huh. Um, and and uh, which, questionably, qu questionably, it is known as the fastest printing company in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> in the universe. Oh, this I'm going is with awesome. It. I'll just believe them. Exactly, exactly. I love it. Um, oh, my gosh. But look, y'all. I had to. I had to Rosie do, on the Rosie's back. Yes, the Rosie oh, the Network. Oh, Racing for Heroes. Oh, my God. Yes, that's awesome. I mean, but, but. This is great. I got to be, I got to be honest with you. I'm. Because we're definitely, I'm, we're definitely going to get into a lot of first time first mm -hmm. that you guys have done. But first, I start, as I'm reading about Colin, I'm reading about y'all team. And as I'm reading about the team, once again, I see Colin's driving nonprofit. I said, oh, that's a misprint. He's not. You know, mm -hmm. I went somewhere else. It said nonprofit, nonprofit. And I'm mm -hmm. like. The kid is driving nonprofit. I was like, D does it mean something else in racing? Because <laughs> to, to, as we know, it means for no money. Right, pro bono. Yeah. Yeah, and I, that that type, y'all team is based and built on integrity. That's what, it, and this is what we want you guys to understand. At ten minutes of truth, these two people, and they're just a, 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 a not just but a presentation of y'all team, man. And I want to, that's why I had to make those shirts for one. And I want to give you your flowers now because uh, as, as we said, man, a lot of first time first and a, a, a first time first happened at that Xfinity when y'all start driving. And I really want you guys to let us know what was the major first time first dealing with that car? You want to talk the fun crowd well, thunder? Well, no, you talk about that, but let, let me, let me talk about, um, when we first mentioned, or, or when Lisa was talking to me that, that 
that first time. And I said, you know, I was willing to support Colin's career mm-hmm. um, to the best I could. Again, we, 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 we boy, nonprofit and racing is, is <laughs> super true. <laughs> but, but, you know, I mean, and, and I've done pretty well for myself, but again, that's, there's, there's money and then there's NASCAR money, right? So, so we obviously still need some partners to, to help us. But, but at first, I told Colin, and, and, I, and I told Lisa this, I wanted Colin's career to mean more than just racing and more than just entertainment. And there's nothing wrong with entertainment, right? I mean, it's, it's a pro sport. It is entertainment. It's, right. it's really fun. And there's nothing wrong with selling products you know, through racing either. I mean, those sponsors and partners of all the teams, and, and, and we certainly will need some of that as well. But, but I wanted his career to mean something more. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll get into maybe what the more was. But what I really wanted him to do was to be able to look back at his career when he's 60 years old and see that that everything he did meant so much more than he was a good driver. He was, you know, all the accolades that he may get uh, from this point on. Anyway, that's what I told Lisa the first time we mm-hmm. met. And I said, I don't even know what that means yet. Yeah, so it was so ironic when Racing for Heroes called me just two months later. I didn't know them. They didn't know me. Somebody referred them. But so, you know, I'm thinking a small logo in the car, and the next thing I know, they've got the whole car. We're, they're at Daytona for Florida Speed Weeks, and Racing for Heroes is on the hood, the quarter panel, everything. And the guys out there just couldn't believe it. But the thing is, in NASCAR, 25% of active duty are NASCAR fans, and 18% of NASCAR fans are veterans. Wow. That is a huge number of people, and that's not counting their friends and family. So you think 18% of NASCAR fans are veterans. If you layer on their friends and family, you're talking a big majority. So our thought was, if just one person sees it, the right person, mm-hmm. it could literally save a life. And my grandfather had killed himself when I was five, and my grandmother tried to when I was eight. So I know firsthand the pain of suicide. I know firsthand the multi-generational effect. Mm. So it became, you know, at first it was like, let's help these guys out. And then it just became so much more because we realized that we really did have a platform that we could actually help save lives through. Mm. Um, And, you know, I'm not saying that like we're so awesome. I'm just saying that's the importance of taking advantage of the platform that Colin has. Um, so that fall, sorry, y'all, I'm getting teary-eyed. I can't help it. I'm stunned. Right. <laughs> right. So that fall, um, Ryan and I, our brains are going crazy, and about probably three-quarters of the way through the season, I remember we had a phone call, and I don't know which one of us said it, <laughs> but we're like, wouldn't it be so cool if the whole car could be military? The whole car could be dedicated to the military. And, you know, I know there have been military cars, Army, you know, and all that, but I'm like... I know I was the one who called you and said that because I said, okay, we've already made this hard. What if we made this even (laughs) harder? I remember saying that. Yeah, we're always like, this isn't hard enough. Let's figure (laughs) out. So let's figure out a way that, you know... So, but we just got to thinking that, oh my gosh, what if we can figure out a way that we could literally have small businesses owned by veterans and military spouses 
be on this car. The very first time in NASCAR that it would have been a truly grassroots military car, military community car, and the very first time that small businesses of any kind would be able to actually be part of a national NASCAR marketing campaign. So that's when we're like, well, let's try to crowdfund because we had to have some kind of way to come up with the money. Well, we had never crowdfunded. Around about this time, we brought in the Rosie Network because the Rosie Network is founded by a military spouse and they do mentor, they do entrepreneur training and mentorship. So we felt like that really fit in well with everything else, you know, kind of filled the circle. And think about, I mean, think about how God works here too, for just a second. So, so we, so it's our idea, right? And we're talking about this and we're, we're excited about it. And we thought, okay, so we just kind of threw that idea out into the universe, right? Well, then Stephanie Brown with, with the Rosie Network, she contacts you, right? Well, I, I, contact, I contacted her through LinkedIn and I told right. her what that's we're right. doing. Right. I was like, hey, I'd love to meet. And we started, and then we talked on the phone. So I'd never heard of the Rosie Network. and I hadn't either before then. Right. So, yeah. for, I mean, for folks who maybe don't know them at all, you know, it's, it's kind of like Angie's List, mm. you know, where you, where you go in and, and companies are vetted for you, right? Well, well, what if you wanted to hire a mill spouse, military spouse, or veteran-owned company? Well, mm-hmm. that's what Rosie's List is, right? So if you want, a, you, you want a plumber, but you want it to be a veteran, well, then you go to Rosie's List, and there's yeah. a plumber and, you know, in your area. It's wow. cool, right? That's real cool. So this idea of, you know, what if we just had all these small businesses, veteran and mill spouse-owned, that have, would never have this opportunity? What, what if we did that with our car? And mm-hmm. then the Rosie Network contacts us, Stephanie contacts us, who is exactly that, yeah. right? I mean, it's, that, that, that's wow. what they are. It's who they are. And, and she finds us. Yeah. So, you know, all of a sudden we go, all right, with the crowdfunder, we start going. I, I kept telling Ryan, I would rather have 10,000 people with $10 than one person with a million dollars or whatever. Or, or whatever that adds up to. Anyway, you know what I mean? A whole lot of people with a little, because that means the passion. That's a mm. lot bigger story. So as part of our crowdfunder, we did put together a crowdfunder for Daytona. And as part of that, we had what we call the 10 for Heroes campaign. And any veteran or military spouse-owned business that put up at least $10 got to have their logo and website link on our website and they got a badge. It had the NASCAR logo and Collins logo and said Air American Dream Team that they were able to use in their own marketing. First time ever any tiny little business could do anything like that. So we're really proud of that. But our goal for Daytona was $200,000. We actually beat our goal and were able to pay for stem cell treatments for a veteran who has multiple sclerosis from exposure to chemicals while on active duty. I didn't even know that that could be caused by that, but it was so cool because after the first treatment, I might not be exactly right, but it's something like this. After the first treatment, he could stand up. And I had met him, he could not stand up at all. It took two grown men to hold him up. So after the first treatment, he could stand up. After the second treatment, he could take a few steps. After the third treatment, he could walk further. And this past fall, he got on Facebook and said, yeah, the last time I, he said, I just went for my six month checkup. So he'd gone like probably April or May. 
because it had been six months by this time, and the MRI that he had done last spring, which was after the race that was in February, already showed no new lesions. Many lesions were totally gone, and many of the ones that were left had shrunk in size. And that was from that one race, the extra funding that we were able to raise. And so wow. that's one of our goals is wow. through what we're doing, we don't want the money just for racing. We want to be able to raise money to help pay for things like that. We, we said, all right, so we need partners. We need sponsors to, to join us and them be willing to give up some space yeah. on the car. Right. So we want Rosie and racing for heroes on the car every time. Well, that's space that we could sell and, and that we need to sell, honestly, yeah. that, that we, we need that money to buy tires and you know, everything else that needs to happen. So we said, not only do we, do we need you to give up a couple of those spots on the car, but we also are raising the cost as well. So that after every race we could do some type of, and I'm just going to say stem cell at the moment, but whatever, you know, whatever the things are that after every race, we would be able to do that. Some veteran would get, you know, a, a treatment that would help their lives and that we would have a small little scholarship for a Rosie business. So the other thing that I guess we didn't bring up is that um, the Rosie network has seven, maybe now. Yeah, I think so. Seven chapters around the country where they teach mill spouses and veterans how to start their own business. And um, we thought, how cool would that be at the end for someone to, you know, be awarded a small scholarship to be able to start their own business? So imagine that, you know, 33 Xfinity races, how cool if we could have a whole season where 33 people got um, a, some kind of treatment, the uh, medical treatment, and 33 businesses got a little boost to get a start. I thought that would be really meaningful. And that would be worth that conversation of, Hey, we want to do all this. And by the way, are you willing to give this up? You're not giving it up. You're actually contributing to the cause, right? Yeah. Ugh. It's going to happen. It is. It is. Happen. And because Absolutely. see, the thing is, Ryan and I, we look at everything more holistically. Um, even before we knew each other, it's like life isn't compartmentalized. Everything that you do, business, personal, whatever, everything is connected in some way. So everything that we work on together, we've just naturally kind of expanded out. So we started looking at it and we're like, you know, we're not a billboard. It's just going around a track. Like mm. basically other teams, and that's fine. This is not to cut them down, but other teams and pretty much any type of sponsorship scenario out there, you put your money up, you for X amount, you get your logo on whatever it is in NASCAR, it's the car, the hauler and all that. Um, you get your logo on it, you maybe get some passes to the race. No, excuse me, I'm, 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 pardon me. Um, I'm sorry to cut you off. I'm getting a little teary at myself. Um, anybody that is listening to 10 Minutes of Truth whether it's when this airs, two years from now, 10 years from now, these people are not racing, they're saving lives. You guys are saving lives. Thank you. And I really appreciate your contribution. I know our veterans, my father's a veteran, my uncle is a veteran, and they're gonna respect, and everybody, anybody who is hearing this, Thank you. You can continue. I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> no, I, but we really appreciate me. that. that. Thank really you so me. much. And, and, the, and the reason this, the reason this has, I guess, comes from 
our hearts, your heart, everybody's, mm -hmm. is that we'll never know the actual good, right? Yeah. Because they'll be alive, <laughs> right? Exactly, I mean, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. Lives will just be better. We'll never know who, mm -hmm. who we helped. And so it, it can't be... It can't be, you, there's no numbers to this. Yeah, it's you can't do it for the accolades. Right. You can't do it. We Zero. saved this many lives or whatever. We'll we will know. know when we help people get treatments, but the potential for somebody who just hears the message and realizes that there are these resources available for them and they end up not having <clears throat> the problems that they may have had otherwise. Um, but we started looking at it and we're like, you know, we're different. We don't want to just have a logo on a car. I mean, yeah, it's great to have the money, but at the end of the day, we want our sponsors, and I prefer to call them partners, we want them to get more out of it um, because we want it to be sustainable. You know, selfishly, the more they get out of it, selfishly, the more they'll want to stay with us, you know? So we started looking at it, and we're like, there's so many ways that we can help businesses, even if they're not on the car, they may care nothing about being on the car, but we can help like with recruiting, hiring and training of veterans and military spouses. I mean, one of like companies that need to hire people with security clearance, one of their biggest problems is finding people who have clearances because if they don't have them, they spend all the time and money and then the person might not be able to get it, you know? So recruiting, hiring and training, um, Franchise marketing, because veterans are the number one franchisee demographic, the right. most successful. And within the veteran demographic, female veterans right. are number one within that. So franchise marketing, um, you know, all kinds of things like that, that we can actively help a partner with. So if they come and they say, you know what, we have $2 million that we were going to spend on an advertising campaign, you know, just blasting out in whatever type of traditional advertising, if they partner up with us, we will actually help them figure out, okay, what is the problem that we can help you solve? What is your goal and how can we do it? How can we help? And so we'll help them develop a plan. And then we also have access to a lot of experts all over the world so that if the company doesn't have somebody in-house that can execute it, or doesn't already have like, you know, a firm that they work with, then we actually have people that we can connect them with. And it's people we know personally, so we'll know whether they're a good fit. So we actually look at our sponsorships as more of us providing a B2B service. Hmm. We're more like consultants. Absolutely. I read a quote. They said, uh, traditional sponsors have deep pockets. Um, Y'all pockets aren't deep but your hearts and your families are huge, and that is true. Um, how could someone donate? How could you, people, if they wanted to donate or, or become sponsors, what could they, what, what are some of the channels to reach you to do? Let, let, me, let me mention what we're doing right now just with yeah, the, okay. what we have, um, because there's a couple of different ways to think about how to do this, but one, uh, one of the things that's, that uh, is happening literally at the moment um, is we have a, a, a person who has said, well, I don't need, I, I want to help veterans. And that's, I, I want to help veterans. I want to help military families. I don't need my name on a car, not why I'm doing this. I could just give this money to 
uh, an organization, right? And, and it would be spent in ways that I'm sure would be, would be you know, well, well used. But he said, if I can, if I'll give, I'll match, essentially, I'll pay for half the car, but I don't want to be on it. So the other person who can come on can have the, can have the whole car, but for half the price, then it'll, it'll support, you know, everyone on the car, right? right. But so their dollars then help the other business get exposure that you can't get any, any other way, right? There's no way that the company who's going to end up on the car could get the exposure of being on a NASCAR track and being all part of this, right? That's somebody who will be anonymous, right? I mean, they'll never have their name anywhere on anything. And yet they're supporting not only the race team, but also um, Mm -hmm. a veteran owned company companies. Yeah. Yeah. And Mike Evok, the founder of racing for heroes, he's retired green beret. He quite frequently, quite frequently will have people say, well, why shouldn't we just give money to Racing for Heroes? Why should we give it to the team? It seems like it'd be better to give it to Racing for Heroes. And he tells them the team is a force multiplier. And of course, anybody who is military knows is familiar with the term force multiplier. And he says giving $10 to the team is like giving Racing for Heroes $100 mm. because they could never get the exposure to reach the people that they are able to reach through us. And of course, by getting that exposure, then they also end up meeting up with companies and developing corporate sponsorships and stuff for Racing for Heroes itself, mm. you know, so it helps them with fundraising. But the, the team site is ouramericandreamteam.com. And there's a, Ven- I, I think on the homepage, there's Venmo. On there, but anybody like if somebody just wants to donate because we don't have the crowdfunder up right now, but there's also like a contact form if anybody is interested in talking with us about partnering or you know reach out to me Lisa at lisakipsbrown.com. I'm happy to talk with you about just to explore. You know we're not like salespeople out there to you know bully somebody into joining the team. We just want to have a conversation. What do you need? Can we help you? Can we help you do it better than you could otherwise? And probably, hopefully at a lower price. And also you're helping people at the same time. And you know, a lot of companies now are looking for corporate social responsibility type campaigns because they know that younger people now would rather spend more money with a company that they know supports a cause that's important to them Hmm. than spend less money, you know, then get it cheaper from a company that they don't agree with socially or whatever. So it's actually a good investment mm. to, to partner with us. Thank you. Um, y'all as a team, there's a quote, Ryan, I want to, this is a quote that Lisa has said. Uh, she says, uh, you just have to get out there and live it, try it. You know, talk, learn, read, and mostly use things. She was actually in one of her interviews. She was talking about her husband. Yeah, <laughs> she was actually talking about her husband. Yeah. Y'all, I, I, I think he's seventy six. He's seventy four. Seventy four. Yeah, yeah. Seventy four years old, and you were talking about he's more savvy uh, due to you being, you know, re- uh, web strategist. Uh, but Ryan, it seems that Lisa's a cornerstone for you guys. Absolutely. Um, and 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 that's phenomenal to have that that type of team. And we're going to get into some first time first what we said, but honestly, 
it seems like, you know, y'all have old school values with some yeah. young guys. Yeah. Right? Some young guys because they want to do something that's traditional. They want to race together their whole careers. Right? So I really want our audience and any audience that hears this to know what they're listening to and who they're listening to because this is this is bigger than NASCAR. Yeah. This is bigger than sponsorships, right? Yeah. This is about family and this is about saving lives. So I, once again, I really appreciate you guys. Um, but, How many times have we said that? that right. This happens to be NASCAR. I mean, we've yeah. said that to each other. Right. Yeah. It happens to be NASCAR, but right. I'd have a ball doing this Absolutely. no matter what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. I went down a list of first time first, right? I'm just going to name a few, and then I'm going to just lob this up. Um, one of the first time first is uh, first time small businesses had the opportunity to be a part of a national NASCAR campaign. That was the first time first, yeah. listeners. All right. First Xfinity Series crowdfunder, right? Okay. First car sponsored, right, in a race by only veteran-owned small businesses. That, it, it, to me, when I started just researching that, it let me know that you guys were for real, that y'all the truth. And that's why, you know, 10 Minutes of Truth, we really needed to have you here, right? Um, so let, let, let me tell you so some truth in there, too. Okay. So, um, you know, we're supporting Racing for Heroes specifically, mm -hmm. right? We're supporting Rosie Network specifically, mm -hmm. and there are some other veteran mm -hmm. projects that, that we can talk about as well. But, but because I, I say they, they grew organically, there's a lot of organizations that will throw veteran on the side mm -hmm. and in some way market themselves, right, as right. veteran something, wh right. whatever it is. Many, many, many of those pop up and then they're gone, right? Well, when I learned Mike Evok's story, which was he personally was having challenges, right? He was the one, if you go to the website and, and listen to, to the uh, interview that he has, he, he couldn't sleep at night. He had, you know, the, the traumatic brain injury mm. issues. He was challenged. And when he was working, he started working on his race car because he couldn't sleep. Right. Well, then he found that working on his race car, doing all these things that now Racing for Heroes is doing every day, those things helped him personally. And then he decided that he would get some of his buddies to come with him. And this thing grew out of Mike and, and him solving a problem for himself. And then he saw, you know what, this would help others, right? Right. Stephanie, the same way. She couldn't find a company when her husband was, was uh, um, deployed. deployed. She couldn't find a business that was, if she wanted a plumber, that was only a veteran plumber. And she thought, you know what? Okay, well, I guess I'm going to have to do this, right? And she, from that issue, she's the one who took that problem or that issue and created the Rosie Network. Mm. So to me, it was the authenticity of these two people, right? Just solving an issue just helping others along the way that I thought, yeah, them. Those are the people I want to help. Not that there aren't tons of right. veteran projects out there, right? right. Yeah. But, um, but, but that was the truth to me that I said, okay, th these are the ones. That's beautiful. Wonderful. Um, well, I want to say right. um, also the first black-owned service disabled veteran-owned sponsor in NASCAR. That's right. Sherman Williams Jr. is an Army veteran retiree, 
and he actually created Body Aqua. It's a functional beverage. One of the beverages is skin support. It has nutrients specifically for the skin. He actually created that idea out of the adversity that he experienced in the Iraqi war zone wow. by seeing people drinking, drinking, drinking water, but still basically being dehydrated because it didn't have the nutrients they need. So we're really proud of that. And, you know, I wouldn't have said, I don't, this might not, I don't know if, if this is going to come across right. I wouldn't have said first black owned because as a white person, I would be afraid that it would sound like we're trying to co-op that. Mm -hmm. Kind of like what Ron said about people just putting a veteran sticker on the side. So I wouldn't have, wouldn't have said that, even though I was thinking, it, oh, this is really cool. Right. But Sherman called me last spring when, you know, everything is erupting all over the country. And he said, we need to talk about this. Mm. You know, this is something we can openly talk about this and, you know, help people realize that white people and black people, we can work together. We can do really good things together. And he wanted to have a positive story out there to, to kind of counterbalance. So that's why we talk about that. Yeah, we're just saving lives, right? Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter Absolutely. what we look like. Absolutely. Right? We're saving lives. Absolutely. And that just shows, um, you know, some people would say, you know, NASCAR has changed for the better, some have changed for the worse, um, but diversity. And yeah. I'm sure, you know, that's an that's aspect of diversity. I know that you've probably seen uh, much diversity uh, the little time that you guys have been in NASCAR, correct? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. and, uh, that, and, that's, and, and that's phenomenal to just have that. And, I, and once again, we really, that's a first time first. Yeah. That's a first time first with, uh, with Mr. Williams um, and, and whatnot, right? So uh, how many uh, veteran-owned businesses are you guys connected to? Oh gosh, I, I honestly, I, 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 yeah, really? I, I <laughs> no, mean, seriously. at least hundreds, but yeah, yeah I don't have yeah. like a list of all of them because really? I, I mean, that first go yeah. round, there was over a hundred on yeah, the wow. on, right? Yeah, on the, yeah. the first really? crowdfunder. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't even know. And I've built up such a huge network through LinkedIn and, you know, through my own podcast and through me guesting on others. So yeah, I don't know. And see, everybody... People that I've met over the past couple of years, you know, they bring their own network. Mm. So, like, one of my friends that I met, she's a retired Army veteran, and she has a podcast called The Truths We Hide that she started because of her own issues that she was dealing with from trauma and so forth. And she has guests on that talk about the truths they hide because everybody thinks everybody else's life is so perfect, mm. you know? And so she brings people on to talk about the things that people don't no normally want to talk about. Her name is Annette Wittenberger, by the way. Okay. And the podcast is called The Truths We Hide. But she has a huge following. So it's like, you know, it's like a spider web. Yes. Every, you know, when you connect with one person, you're not connecting with just that one person. You're connecting with dozens or hundreds yes and you know that i mean that sounds like a lot right i mean mm -hmm. hundreds we said well so a lot of them are very small companies yeah. right we're just trying to help give them any exposure that we can whether it's through the websites um uh, the business opportunities mm -hmm. of just connecting them maybe they never even get on the race car they, they yeah. just connect i mean you know lisa has her own podcast and all the things she's doing i mean it's it's just cool to watch Connection after connection after connection in, in some way, right? Some way that, that benefits folks. But um, 
I guess we ought to talk about why the crowdfunder kind of stopped though, huh? Oh yeah, because of COVID. <laughs> so right. we were so excited because like, yes, you know, we did we it. We did it, yeah. And so we just felt the traction. You know, right. we were ready to hit the ground and then like everybody else, COVID hit. Mm. So, you know, we're not going to run a crowdfunder and ask people for money when they don't even know if they're going to have a job. Right. So we shut down the crowdfunder. And of course, NASCAR didn't even race for months. We didn't know when they would. And when they finally started back up, we didn't have funding. We were able to get enough funding for several races. But um, we did just run a small crowdfunder recently um, trying to help us get to Talladega on, on April 24th. Um, and we're working on some ideas for, for future crowdfunders. But we would love it if any companies out there really want to do something unique to help your company, whether it's to help with employee morale or whatever, you know, marketing, anything, talk with us and see how can we help you? Because there may be something really cool that we could do for them that's a fraction of what they might pay somewhere else and they actually get a lot more out of it. It's like my friend Daryl Hatton, who I also met through this, he's not a veteran, but he's the founder of um, Fundraiser, F-U-N-D-R-A-Z-R, which is where we did our last crowdfunder. He's from Canada. But he and I always talk about building a business that's more than money, building a heart-led business. So if people have, if, if you want your business to mean more than money, there's nothing wrong with money. Hey, I want money, <laughs> you know, right. but it needs to be more than money because nobody, you know, the old saying, nobody on their deathbed says, I wish I had more money, hmm. you know? So, well, and it, I ended up when I was a partner with the firm I'm with, I, I would, I would end every meeting with every big meeting with, you know, remember that the only thing that lasts is something that you give away. Hmm. Right? It, right. It's, it's the only way that yeah. is the truth. That, so, so, you know, amassing a, a big pile of whatever money, gold, real estate, doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, it could be interesting. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and it may be, it may be one of the goals of life, but literally it's only going to stick around. It's only going to last if you give it away. Yeah. And so all of this that we're creating, um, has that element to it, right? Which is, Everyone is is giving something that is mm -hmm. multiplied, multiplied, multiplied for for everyone, and mm. and, and who knows what this becomes? Yeah, it, it'll I be mean, something bigger than, than yeah than us. Somebody else will pick up the yeah. torch and figure out a different way. Right. I want to say something about Sam and Colin that I meant to say meant to say earlier when we were talking about them. When we first met with um, uh, Stephanie, the founder of the Rosie Network, we all went up to D.C. and Mike Evot, Racing for Heroes founder, was there. And Sam and Colin both were very um, self-conscious about not wanting it to appear that they were using the military and using veterans mm. just to be able to raise. And that, that brought tears to my eyes because mm. that was, they weren't saying, how much money can you help us bring in? They were actively saying to Stephanie, this is a really big concern of ours. One of Sam's best friend is the Navy SEAL. And then, of mm -hmm. course, like we said, Collins, both of his older brothers are active duty. And, you know, that was a real concern of theirs, that they didn't want to be seen as people who were taking advantage, uh, you know, slapping the sticker on just because it benefited them. And I think, to me, I know people twice their age that wouldn't think that way. Exactly, because... 
you know, talking about integrity. And I have a three-year-old son. Oh. I do. I have a three-year-old son, a four-year-old daughter. And, you know, I didn't have the best relationship with my father. But as I was studying you and your son, Colin, and the integrity, and just like you just said, and, you know, being scared at first and, and, and having your son, how do you teach someone integrity like that, man? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you consciously can teach that, right? Mm, I, mean, I, right. I don't That's probably the wrong way to say it. Certainly you want it in your, right. yeah. you know, in your thoughts as you do it. But, but your kids see you. I mean, I'm a deeply flawed man, right? I, I, we we yeah, all Jill are. Said we, yeah, Jill said exactly. <laughs> right. She knows better than anyone. But I mean, I'm still, I'm, I'm a deeply flawed right. man. Every, we I, all I, are. Yeah, we yeah. all are. Right. Um, but your kid sees you, you know, when the camera right. is turned off, right? right? I mean, your kid sees you, how you react to everything, yeah. right? Right. And, and, and stuff they don't even know they're picking up. Right. So I, I, I think that's a big part of this and why, whether it's a father or a mentor, I'm sure you must have had a mentor right. then right. Uh, that, that, that helped you. Um, there's somebody in your life, hopefully, right. that that is teaching you that even if you don't know you're learning. it. Yeah. Right. That there is there. There's the teaching that's going on. Right. No and matter you're what. you're now the mentor to so many. Absolutely. I'm sure. uh, I, I try. I definitely yeah. try. But it's just fascinating story. This is a fascinating story. And once again, anybody who's listening to 10 Minutes of Truth, we really want you guys to pour in to these individuals. Y'all have done a spectacular job, continue to do a spectacular job. Um, I, can't, I can't say enough about what I've learned and the, just a little bit of time that I've had, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm a part of the team. <laughs> you you are know? a part of the team. <laughs> absolutely. I'm absolutely a part of the team. Yeah. I thank you. Um, Ryan, how can people get in touch with you first and foremost? The, the best way to do that is through our American dream team.com. Okay. Yep. Do it through the team. Um, that's, that's just, that's the best way to do it. Okay. And, and it comes to us, yeah. Okay. you know, yeah. we don't have a bunch yep. of people okay. that are filtering through. If it comes in, it comes to us. That's right. Now, if you're a solicitor, we're not going to answer because we're too busy. Right. Right. <laughs> <You absolutely>. But, um, but yeah, if you really are interested in partnering with us, please do reach out through that. Absolutely. And I do believe that Thumper is very proud of you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. I do believe, I do believe so. Uh, and, and saying that because I have to say this in ending about your book, uh -huh. that, uh, which is uh, the uh, Boomer Cash Out. The reason yeah. I want to speak about that uh, briefly is because of what you were just saying about and this is the integrity that you have in the heart that I'm learning you have because the book is based around when a person goes to sell their business, you help them maximize what they could yeah. get it for. Okay. And I've never, you know, read any book like that or you don't hear a lot of people talk like that, yeah. you know. So it just shows who y'all have on the team, man. And I, I really appreciate well, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate uh, for, for that. that. I really appreciate the both of you guys. Um, like I said, this is Sean Boxdale. This has been 10 Minutes of Truth. This has been a spectacular episode. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having us. All right. This episode brought to you by Nomad Raceways, founded by Marine veteran Joseph Wind. Nomad Raceways brings the racing to you. Find out more by Googling Nomad Raceways today.
If you'd like to become a sponsor or advertise on 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast, contact me, Sean Barksdale. You can reach me at 434-446-6633 or shoot me a text. Or you can reach us at 10minutesoftruth.com. And remember, we'll always provide a platform for your truth on the 10 Minutes of Truth Podcast. What's your truth?